Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Seat Yourself. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And Seat Yourself is our weekly podcast that covers the news and items of interest and relevancy, all within the food service and hospitality industry. This is episode number 107 of Seat Yourself, and it's published the week of March 1st, 2021. In today's episode, we'll be sitting with Bill Flannery. Bill is a well-known sales expert here in the Baltimore, Washington region of the United States. And Bill, he's involved in everything. He's been involved in sales within the food service industry in so many different capacities as a sales manager for a dealership, as a sales manager for a manufacturer, and as a sales manufacturer's rep. There's no question about it. Bill Flannery is the consummate entrepreneur. So we want to dig into all that experience and, of course, talk to him about how the last year has gone with him. But Bill is a bit unique in that he often uses humor in his social media posts. For those of you who know Bill, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't know Bill, you're in for a treat. So we want to dig into that that angle of Bill Flannery as well. But before we do that, I want to give a big shout out to the Edward Don and Company. This year, Edward Don and Company will celebrate 100 years of being at the leading edge of supplying the food service and hospitality industries. With a tagline of everything but the food, Edward Don and Company has been partnering with Seat Yourself since our very beginning, and we're really thrilled about that. For great tabletop products and much, much more, you got to head over to Don.com. And whether you're a restaurateur, a hotelier, or a caterer, whatever kind of operation you have, they've got lots of great products, great catalogs, great information to help you with your operation. And for instance, if you go to their website right now, Don.com, you'll find a great download on the packaging for food to go, carry out, take away, that kind of thing. So it's really great. They get a lot of great downloads like that one. So be sure to go over there to Don.com and check them all out. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for 100 years. Now, let's get this episode started. Please help me welcome Bill Flannery to Seat Yourself. Welcome to Bill Flannery. Bill is by bon vivant, raconteur, an international man of mystery, all within the tabletop category and more. Bill, welcome to Seat Yourself. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. It's good to be here on a Monday morning. Looking yeah. forward to our conversation. Yeah, it's going to be good. I, I have wanted to talk to you on Seat Yourself for a long time, and I'm glad we finally get, we're getting it done here today. And I understand today's your birthday, too. So congratulations there. 29. Nice. Yeah, thank you very much. 29 yeah. times two. <laughs> 29 and holding, huh? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Bill, I want to jump right into the tabletop category because everybody knows you as all kinds of people that know you, know you as lots of different things, but there's going to be some listeners out there who don't you. I want to jump into tabletop, but before I do all that, why don't you just give a quick snapshot to our listeners about what it is you do in the marketplace that you play in. Uh, I know you're obviously in the D.C. metro area, but, but a lot of other, you may go other areas that I don't know. So just tell our listeners, if you can, a quick snapshot of who you are and what you do and how you do it. Sure. Happy to. So up until August of last year, I was the regional for Bowsher Hep. So I covered our, kind of the, the, the mid-Atlantic region, and I had done that since 2016. When the pandemic happened, my role changed. Now I am a 
an independent rep covering <laughs> the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. I have Bauscher and all their brands. I also Don't they, oh, just to interrupt you on the Bauscher thing for a yeah. second. Mention some of the great brands that come under the Bauscher Help umbrella because it's really a phenomenal portfolio of products and brands they have. So why don't you just name a few of those so that people know kind of the quality of them? Yeah, so so Jeffrey and the, his team down there have done a great job of of adding some additional brands during this this challenging period. They've added My Glass Studio, which is a very very interesting product, very uh, timely. They've added Dale Brook. They've added Palm. They've added some new collections to the Boucher line, believe it or not. So I think that that we have some other lines that are yet to be announced that Jeffrey's adding. So quite excited about the whole portfolio. It's a really, really diverse portfolio with a lot of opportunity moving forward. So that's Boucher. And you've got some Luigi Bormioli too, and a few yeah, some other things. Luigi, which is one of our one of our original killer brand. brands, great great product, well respected in the mixologists and sommeliers. Really, really nice, nice, nice product. So, but that's cool. basically what I'm doing now. I'm an independent rep. But you do some other stuff too, though, uh, beyond Bauscher Hep, right? I try to do is 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 many things as I can <laughs> that that help me to stay engaged with my customer base. I mean, that for me is the key, is is trying to do things that create awareness for, for the products I represent and awareness for myself. It seems to be working out okay. Now, it's interesting you, you put it like that, to stay in touch with your customer base so you don't really see yourself as a seller of a particular product you see yourself more as a it sounds like as a solutions provider for whatever that customer your your customers are your customers and whatever problems they have or things that they're looking for you're going to provide a solution for that if you can is that about right yeah i think so i i think that i don't i don't really focus on any specific product mm -hmm. i do let people know what i do what products i carry so that they can understand that but more than that, I, I just try to stay engaged with customers because, especially now, things are changing so fast. I didn't have Lionswood in July yeah. of, of last year. That that wasn't a brand that I that I represented. So, making customers aware that I have that product. Tell people about Lionswood because that's a heck of a brand itself, right there. Yeah. So Lionswood has been been a real uh, treat to work with. Was only familiar with them as a competitor from Magogo. When we had Magogo and they they cleaned my clock a few times, <laughs> being able to do custom products that we just couldn't do, and that's kind of where Lionswood shines, is their ability to take a vision from a client. It could be something written on a, on a, on a napkin and yeah. developing that into a fully functional, operational, and actually most, a lot of their stuff is, I, I would consider works of, of art. They're artisan-made products, so... They've been fun, and it's a really nice fit, I think, with Bowsher Hep. Yeah, they, uh, Lionswood seems like, an, and I don't know that brand well, but it seems like a real creative company, people that can create anything. Uh, and if you can dream it, they can make it kind of thing. And that's pretty that, that's pretty important these days because everybody wants to, you know, particularly in that in that banquet and buffet, and that they want to differentiate themselves, operators do, I think. And, and to be able to create custom things like they do, pretty important. So Yeah, I agree. 
this has been one of the most challenging years, most difficult years. I love the word challenging. Uh, you know, it really has been a tough damn year for a lot of people, particularly in the tabletop category. But in all, all phases, really, unless you're selling safety equipment or janitorials or something like that, where you probably can't ship the stuff fast enough, but almost every other sector within the food service business is really hammered on hospitality. Um, but you, you're you out there and you, you're dealing with customers and, and, and the way you just positioned yourself a minute ago about being that customer solutions person. What are some of the great stories of resiliency that you've seen and how have people been really creative in your minds that you've seen? Because operators are, I'm amazed that some of them are still in business and and yet they seem to be getting ready to come back and hopefully that comeback happens pretty soon. But any great stories stand out to you in the, in the la- over the last year or so on resiliency or creativity? I mean, I've seen it in, in the DC market. I mean, a lot of restaurants pivoted very fast and even now they're, they're doing pop-ups, ghost kitchens, you know, running several concepts out of the same restaurant. I see a lot of that. I also saw a lot of people offering grocery, some form of delivery, modifying if they were doing delivery, they increased that offering. Some of the stores have markets when you walk in. So they'll have a market where you can pick up booze and, you know, hospitality folks are very resilient. This, is, this has been a real test, but I've seen, I see it every day. I see it on Instagram. Yeah. You know, that's kind of my go-to for engagement with chefs and restaurants because they're extremely active on that platform. So you can see very fast, like, wow, look what this guy's doing. Look what that guy's doing. And there's a ton. One thing that I noticed, there's a ton of collaboration between restaurants. Oh. In what way? Lots of restaurants. Well, they're, they're sharing information. They're working together, whereas before maybe they were like, you know, fierce competitors. Now they're really collaborating in terms of, of how to get support from the city so they can do outdoor dining, where they bought this, yeah. whether that's heaters or, or fabricating outdoor seating. There's it, I think it's at the end of the day, this is going to bring that industry closer together. I mean, the term is we're all in it together. It's true. And there's a sort of camaraderie that's developed. Do you think that some of the some of these concepts, whether they be marketplace or uh, alcohol to go, I mean, we've talked a lot about here on cocktails to go kind of thing, and I think that's a great, great concept on all kinds of levels for, for operators if they can do it and do it right. But do you think these kinds of concepts are going to be around post-pandemic? I hope so. I think so, because I yeah. think at the end of the day, these sort of things make sense for us as consumers. Mm-hmm. You know, the convenience that it offers is makes a lot of sense. And why shouldn't we have that? Why shouldn't restaurants be able to? And there's other markets that were delivering alcohol. And I don't know, in Maryland, you can't get you can get beer delivered now, but yes. not booze. But Texas, I know you can get booze delivered. You can get virtually you can get booze, anything you want in Texas, right? Booze and a gun. I mean, virtually anything. Doesn't go any better than that. And I know the RTD, the ready to drink cocktails, that business has exploded over the past, you know, it was it was growing anyway, but yeah. now it's really gone gone crazy. And uh, and I think that that's an interesting business too. But but I, I also think people, if you're the certain type of restaurateur, 
people are not only coming to your restaurant or they were coming to connect with other people. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but they're also trusting you. If you're a uh, restaurateur of any kind of notoriety, or even if you're just a local neighborhood restaurant, people trust you. And so that trust translates into consumers wanting to take your, your food into their home or maybe even their cocktails or their bar, uh, a sangria or whatever into their home if they can't drink it on site. And I'm just hoping that that, like you say, I'm hoping that that can continues afterwards too, because it's, it's a great approach. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Anything stand out to you in terms of uh, suppliers in terms of the creativity and the resiliency? Some, you have some great suppliers that you represent. Any, anything that any of them are doing that are really, that really stand out in your mind that say, geez, you know, this is a really cool thing that they did. And I'm, I, I really, I'm amazed at it or because it's been a particularly tabletop with Bowser Hep's probably not immune from it either, even though they have fantastic products, but it's been a, it's been a tough slog for tabletop people. That's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's just not the, we're not, we're not seeing the throughput because you just don't have the traffic in the restaurant. So you're not right. getting the broken yeah. plates. I would say Lionswood in particular, they were able to pivot. They were able to get into the uh, cutting and fashioning the, the PPE barriers. Okay, cool. So that has been, you know, they've, I've been able to do that for end users. Again, these are all ways to keep me engaged. I, I had, you know, relationships with end users because of the PPE stuff that I had never, never could get in the door prior. So now it gives me an opportunity to talk to them about tabletop because you're there, you're having a conversation. Yeah. So now that's led to, you know, right now you're just for the tabletop, you're primarily planting seeds. There is some activity. I mean, there are some, some opportunities where people are actually purchasing product. I've seen people shipping stuff from this market into Florida. Like you said, restaurant tours that have a store here, they're also opening in Florida. But I think Lionswood in particular, just because of their ability to pivot and have products that people need now, that's that's been the key. Well, I, I think that this is going back to last summer, we were talking about the uh, plexiglass and the barriers and all that. And I said, geez, I, and I was calling it at that point, bulletproof glass. Uh, I couldn't imagine eating a meal behind bulletproof glass uh, or yeah. having us go out for a dinner together or a lunch even, and just having a piece of plexiglass in between us. But, but that's become much, much more way of life now. And I think, I don't know if it'll be there forever, hopefully not, but for with the, particularly with vaccines rolling out, but uh, I think people have gotten used to it. Let's put it that way. And, uh, and you're right that having that that product category in your in your sales bag allows you to go in and begin that conversation and i think people always buy from people they trust so uh, that opens up the door for tabletop and other products that you might have yeah exactly it, it allows you to just have that that conversation with them so I, I want to switch gears a little bit and everybody knows bill flannery as this great salesperson whatever but you've really used humor and, the, and your sense of humor and as, as sort of a door opener or whatever, or a, uh, a bridge builder to your customer base and to, and to get them new customers. How did you ever come on? I mean, you're a funny guy, that's for sure. How did you get to be, how did that ever come about? And have you always been that? Were you the kid in, uh, in grade school was doing, up, always up in front of the class and making everybody laugh? Or is this something that you just stumbled onto later in life? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I'm not the stand up in front of the class, like the class clown, uh -huh. but what I found is that 
for me, when it, and I'll talk from the perspective of digital media. Yeah, like you said, humor is a great icebreaker. Yeah. It's also a great way when you're in tough situations, you can sure. use humor. But primarily on social media, I think humor embedded with product knowledge is a great way to to get people's attention because if you're only dry, you know, product knowledge, right. if you're only a, if you're like a virtual or digital spec sheet, that is great for some people if they're looking for that. But I believe in, I don't know, people like to call it infotainment. Yeah. Is a is a common term. You you know, when I go to the end when I go to look at things, I like to be entertained. Mm-hmm. In addition to gathering knowledge. And entertainment doesn't have to always be humor. Well, I think that I think we all learn a little better when we're being entertained. We retain more of that information. We remember it and it it, it differentiates. Uh, it's great to have great information, but don't make it so dry uh, that you're just falling asleep hearing it. So keep it fun, keep it light. And so one of the things that I noticed is, is you use it sort of to keep that the word I would call with you is balance. Yeah, the balance between seriousness and humor, and you you walk a great line there. Has that balance has that line changed at all during the pandemic? Using humor more, using it less, using a different type of humor. I don't think so. I've I've been a little more in tune to to the environment out there. You know, like you said, it's a tough environment for hospitality, and so I, I really make sure to not come off as a very as salesy less salesy than than maybe prior right just because i i feel like now is the time maybe not not to be out there selling product little tone deaf maybe Mm -hmm. so primarily my my what i try to do now is stay engaged with people cultivate new relationships in a in a way that's sensitive to what's going on with them if that makes sense so i don't think it's really it, it it has changed somewhat but then it hasn't changed so well if you go all, go back to what you said right in the very beginning your philosophy it seems like in selling or getting out into the market is what can you do how can you keep in touch with your customer base and how can you help them with help their you know grow their business and if you and if that's the thing maybe somebody maybe right now is not when i need plates maybe really what i need right now is just glassware or maybe no i don't need anything but i need to know what what you got coming so that a month from now or two months from now, I'll be ready to buy and I'll yeah. know where to go. Yeah, exactly. And and you, you want to try to stay relevant with folks. It's very easy to go on a LinkedIn and c- find a connection like you might connect with me. And then me as a salesperson, oh my gosh, Dave Turner connected with me. I see his table. Immediately go into your DM and pitch you. I get that. Here's your pitch, Dave. I don't know you. I haven't engaged with you one bit over the last year, but here's what I have for you. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, like I said, people miss the mark. They, I come in and I'm like, Oh, Dave, I'd love to help you get customers into your restaurant. Yeah. Well, I don't own a restaurant. So (laughs) we all have the ability now to stay front and center with customers on a daily basis. So many different, I, I call them channels, TV channels. You can you can create so many different shows as a as a salesperson for yourself. You can have a show like you have a show. You have a podcast. Any salesman could have a podcast mm-hmm. in our industry. It could be done. It's not a huge. It doesn't cost a lot. 
They could have a podcast. Any salesman can have a YouTube channel. Any salesman can have a Instagram, a Twitter, whatever, LinkedIn. It can be done. And that's your that's a way to convey value to your customers 24-7. Yeah, it, it's amazing the ways that people can connect with everybody all over the world now. And very simply, I think that the, the days of trying to sell me stuff, especially if you don't know me, and yes, we get that too. I'm amazed at how much spam comes in. And I'm wondering, uh, in the old days, it would be uh, emails from Nigeria or whatever, chain letters from Nigeria. And now they come from everywhere and they want to give me money. They, they at, least, uh, at least that's what it says in the subject line. Hey, we yeah. have your payment here. Uh, please look, click on this link. You know, all that. But, but I'm just amazed at all, how many of them come every day, every day. And it must work or they wouldn't keep doing it. But I think the same is true everywhere. I think people want to want to connect with people that they trust and you certainly connect you have a way to connect with your customer base and 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 certainly humor is a part of that tell me about your social media exploits a little bit what do you think about uh, i know you were you were going down a tiktok road at one point are you really at the cutting edge of social media or do you try to just to use it where you can or what's your theories on social media I haven't really got on TikTok too much, but I, I had initially LinkedIn is a good platform. I started there because I when I went to work for Bowsher, I didn't have any relationships up here, connections within the industry, because I had been doing something else for the past 13 years. So LinkedIn was a great way for me to ramp up my connections and start creating content. And I just learned along the way. I asked people, people that I saw that were doing well on LinkedIn that maybe put out good content, I would reach out to them and say, hey, how do you write all these great articles? And they would give me advice. And then I used Snapchat early on primarily because I worked on a book launch for Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, I do. Gary V. So he created a whole cohort of people to work on a book launch. And so I used Snapchat. But I always tell people, don't think about the platform. The platform is the platform. Like Snapchat, I'm not communicating with teenagers, but it allows you to get comfortable creating content. That to me is the key. If you can put the phone in front of your face, you could talk about whatever you want, but you still need to have the ability to do that on the fly, look at the camera, and people should feel that this is an authentic message from this person. And they can see the pat. They feel the passion about what you do, and you become, you start to become known as the guy that sells plates, the DC plate king. Yeah, and for me to be known as a guy that sells plates to people on LinkedIn, I'm happy with that. I think that connection is really uh, critical. I, and what is a connection? A connection is trust. If people think you're being sincere, I, you just mentioned something about you. At, you went on LinkedIn and you asked people for advice. Yeah, I think that's interesting because not only is it interesting that you would ask, but people would actually respond to you, people that you may or may not have ever met. I know that there have been people that I will never meet in my life. I've asked questions to them on, on a particular top, maybe an article they wrote or something, they, uh, the comment they made, and I'll ask a question. And if people think you're sincere in your request, most people are uh, decent people in this world, and they will, they will respond. And no matter where they are. No, it's true. And there's a lot of knowledge out there that I don't have. 
and people that are that are good in certain spaces that I'm not and I want to but I want to learn. I'm still learning and that's what especially now when you you have a little more time at home because of the pandemic, it's a great time to cultivate some of this these get better at things you 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 didn't do before. So, I hope people are doing that because I think long term it's important. We're an older demographic. Yeah. I don't want to give away our age, but my kids, younger people are on their phones. They're watching that TV, whatever. It's a TV in your hand. They're watching it and they're, that's not going to change. So you need to make sure as a salesperson that you have information. You have a show. You have a couple shows that you hope people will watch. My show is probably like the Andy Griffith show. It's that old. You, know? <laughs> you need to be there. Got to show up. Yeah, we, we can talk a little bit about personal branding and and what that messaging is and and how you get it out there. But I, I agree with you totally that that it is a that's your show, if you as you call it. Everybody, we're here with Bill Flannery, uh, uh, Bon Vivant salesman manager from uh, all kinds of different products, particularly Bowser Hap, Lionswood, and the buffet and banqueting equipment. Bill, I think today everybody's getting an insight into sort of your philosophies and your motivation, and I think that's really great. I think people will find it very interesting. And when we come back. I want to talk about some of the habits during the pandemic. We're going to take a break, and, and when we come back, I want to talk about the habits that you've changed or developed during the pandemic to sort of help you stay upbeat and positive because you're known in this industry as a very positive, upbeat guy. So more with Bill Flannery right back at you. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important going-ons in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, everybody, we're back here with Bill Flannery, uh, Mr. Humor, Mr. Funny Guy in the tabletop and food service industry. And I have to tell you, during the break, we were having um, a, a phenomenal conversation. And I just said to Bill, how about we get back on and we talk about some of this in segment two, unplanned, whatever, because there's a lot of salespeople we know that listen to Seat Yourself. And pay attention to what we do on Tabletop Journal and our other podcasts. I got to get the plug in every other Thursday, which oddly enough airs every other Thursday. We have some great interviews there. Check that one out too. But what we're talking about is humor is great, being positive and everything, but it's tough to be positive right now, particularly if you're in sales and not selling anything. Salespeople tend to be uh, upbeat people and full of bravado and always walking around with their chest puffed out and saying things are great, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but then the next order is right around the corner. But Bill, it's not always like that, is it? No. Selling is, a, is kind of a crazy world right now. Yeah, I listened to somebody the other day. I don't remember if it was a podcast or a TED Talk. And he was talking about a salesman, how every day he was faced with a tidal wave of rejection. Wow. And that kind of resonated with me because it's, if you look at it like that, which I don't, you don't want to get out of bed, but I don't look at it like that. To me, every no is a maybe. 
a lot of depends on timing. You may not have the product that they need right now, but you need to make sure that they remember what you have. So in the future, oh, now I need that thing that Bill showed, that Bill talked about in a unique way. And if you're doing that for people and you're, and then I say customers, they're not really, they're, they're just people. I connect with people all the time that are outside of the industry, in the industry, because sometimes people outside of the industry, if you view them only as like, oh, how can they help me to sell plates? You're missing, you're missing the boat Yeah, because you'd be surprised. I just had a guy from New Zealand the connection on on LinkedIn, who reached out to me, and he does, he's not a plate buyer. He's a digital media guy. His name's Jason Greenwood. Great guy. Never met him. Met him through Snapchat. He got to know me on Snapchat. Never met. So he connects me with the CEO of Barbecues Galore in Australia to help sell my brush. So is Jason my customer? Would he buy brushes? Would he buy plates? Would he buy lines? Would Absolutely not. But because Jason and I got to know each other, he realized, oh, Bill's, you know, I know you make grill brushes. And because we we stayed connected and we engaged, I like his posts. You know, we talked to each other. Sure. He, he connected me. I didn't ask him to connect me. He just did it. And that's the sort of, I call it, you know, people, so many people call that, oh, you're so lucky. It's not really luck. <laughs> it's not luck. It's the human connection that that people crave. That salespeople, you know, we're really good at doing that. But you you don't need to do it just specifically with people you think are going to buy something because you never know where that that relationship will lead. And that that's been something that has been particularly valuable for me in the social media world. Social media is just a tool. It's just a tool to connect with another human being. That's it, from, as far as how I view it. And then how that connection evolves and how you nurture that connection or that person, how you nurture the relationship, you never know where that's going to where it's going to go. And it's, it's been quite surprising in a, in a good way for me. Yeah, I think that uh, sales, by its very definition, is a, is a transaction. And salespeople, good ones are transactional people. Just take Bauscher plates. Bauscher plates, you know, you can call them best in class in, the, in, in their category, whatever you want, but they're certainly a premier manufacturer. But how many people right now want to buy plates in general? They, but people are looking for solutions. You said something at the very beginning, your goal or philosophy uh, in sales is to stay in touch with your customer base. And you use social media in many, many ways to do that. And that's great. But I think that if you look at sale, uh, at, at meeting people, whether it be online or in person, as a what can I get out of this trans this relationship, and what you know, what kind of transactions can I get? What kind of sales can I get? I, I think you not only do you not take full advantage of the relationship, but you miss out on so much because there's so many great people out there, influencers. You just talked about uh, this gentleman in where is it, New Zealand that that then introduce yourself. He's never going to buy, but he's influencing the sale of your products. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that, in, in particularly in a pandemic time, and what we've been through in the last year, salespeople who, again, are, are, are transactional by, by their very being, probably the ones that are 
trying harder than ever to sell product or whatever. I, I, I think it's, it's got to be hard for them right now, you know, particularly tabletop people. And, and we feel that with the phone calls we get, with the people that we've had on here. I think it's a very difficult time. And I think people, it's difficult on one hand, but hopefully it's given people a, a pause to reset themselves and, and figure out what's really important for them. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's definitely given a lot of, a lot of time to self-reflect. Yeah, I think that reflection and self-reflection, is, a, and, and I worry about some of our colleagues in our industry. It wasn't long ago, when, uh, and then during the break we were talking about, geez, you know, it wasn't that long ago when uh, we had Shannon Talon on here, Edward Donbeyer, talking about whether all-purpose uh, wine glasses are going to be the new trend or whatever. And that seems pretty inconsequential right now, given all that we've uh, been through over the last year or so. See Yourself has pivoted a lot, and whatever value we were bringing before, it's a very different value now to this community, that's for sure. And, we, and and by design, we talk about tabletop products for sure, but not so much anymore. We talk about how people's lives are going, how they're feeling. We talk about all kinds of darker issues sometimes. So it, it's a crazy world we're in right now. I never thought we'd be here, but we are. Back to your philosophy about staying in touch, staying relevant to your customer base. We're trying to do, we try to do the same thing as well. Yeah, that's, a. I mean, a podcast is a great tool. Like I, I, I said earlier, I think that there's no reason why any, like, you know, you mentioned Rich Malachi and Jason, you know, these, these guys probably started that stuff on their own. I know Rich owns the business, but I don't think Cal Mill came to Jason and said, Jason, we want you to do a show. I think Jason went to Cal Mill and said, I'd like to do a show. Yeah. Jason Waynes, you're talking about with the yeah. food service power plant network on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, I think that I'll, I'll tell you one thing that Jeff always said, and we learned this from being with with Edward Don and company, is that you could build your own empire. And he didn't get into specifics. He didn't say, do this, this, this to build your empire. He just said, and each one of us is different about how we go to market. My go to market is not better than the other anyone else's. It's just my go to market. That's how I like to do business and how I like to my messaging and humor, whatever I like to do. To, to, so, but Jeff said, build your own empire. And he meant that. Now he had probably some lanes he wanted us to be in, but he didn't tell us what those were. I've always had that mindset from the way back when I was with Edward Don, build your own empire. And that means that you have to build pillars to communicate what you do to people. And now is a, now is the absolute best time to be able to share messages, anything you want. You and I are talking about whatever we want. Yep. You got to dip your toe in the pool. Well, when I get the opportunity to talk about brands, and this is, we're way off the reservation, and it's a great conversation, by the way. When I get the chance to talk about branding, brands are nothing more than trust. The three things that I think that build strong brands, whether they be product brands or personal brands, the very first thing you have to have is authenticity. And I think what you bring via your social media channels, building your empire, so to speak, is your brand is authentic. You are who you are. You're not trying to be somebody different off camera than you are on camera. And I think we talk about silver linings all the time during the pandemic. I think the pandemic in the last 12 months, and it's, it's a little bit of a culture shock, obviously, because it happened so fast, but it gives all of us a chance to self-reflect on who we really are, who we want to be, and then if we're not who we want to be, what can I do to get closer to that? And I always tell people, 
here's your brand and here, here's the brand that you think you want to be. You're not going to get there overnight. How can you migrate closer to that? And whether it's communicating through a podcast or something, uh, whatever you want to be. We had Bob Thompson. Bob Thompson's a phenomenal tabletop guy. We had him on last summer talking about second chance careers. He's selling Bobby T's up in smoke hot sauce and, and barbecue wings down in Naples, Florida. And I think it, and, and he loves it. By the way, if you get a chance, call Bob up. Everybody get in touch with Bob Thompson. People know where he lives. Get in touch with him. Buy some of his uh, Bobby T's. It's pretty damn good stuff, too. Anyway, we're, we're a little bit off the reservation, but speaking of selling stuff and, and uh, satisfying customer needs, tell us about your steak business. You're in the business all of a sudden of selling meats and steaks and whatever. How the hell did you get to do that? What's going on there? So... Yeah, that's it's a it's a kind of kind of a weird deal. It's one kind of, of the it's, 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 let me a quick question. Is there anything you do that's not kind of a weird deal? <laughs> I, I guess not. Yeah. I, <laughs> okay. I mean, so when I got furloughed, the beginning of the like in into March, yeah. I you know trying to figure out how to keep busy because I'm naturally sales guy. I like to be busy. I need activity. I thrive on activity. Whether I get results, that's a, that's a bonus. But I need to keep moving. So I decided to ask people. Some of them were were on Instagram if they would do an Instagram live, and I would interview them. So I did a handful of interviews with people that I knew, chefs, most of them industry folks, and one of the chefs I interviewed. Happened to be, he was the executive chef at the BLT Prime in the Trump Hotel. His name was Bill Williamson. And coincidentally, he just, he had a good article that was in the Washington Post that talked all about how Trump liked his steak cooked and just all the quirky habits. Because Trump ate at that restaurant pretty much. That's where he ate in D.C. is his steakhouse. So Bill Williamson, he got furloughed. So I interviewed him, and I didn't know him well. He was a he was a customer, but separated by a distributor. I said, "Would you like to get on? Let's let's just talk about what's going on with you. No agenda. Just let's just riff. We'll talk." And he said, "Hey, I'm selling. You know, I have all these dry aged steaks that are at my supplier that I can't buy anymore because the restaurant's closed. And if you know about dry aged meat, at a certain point, it's done. It's rotted. You got to throw it away." So gotta move it. So I'm thinking like, how can I help this guy out? He's trying to sell meat. Can I help him out in a way that will help him that I'm not really, there's no benefit for me. And so I text a bunch of neighbors. Hey, you want this great dry aged prime beef? Just text a bunch of people. And so we, they bought all the meat, bought some meat from there. We did it the next week. We, we text people. And then I said, I talked to Bill, the chef and said, Hey, you think we could turn this into a business? I could build a website. Yeah. I'll build a website and text seems to be a great way to communicate to people for this particular product. It just evolved week after week. And now he has a butcher shop in his wife's restaurant in DC because she can't hasn't been able to open the restaurant for seating. So he has a butcher shop and he's embedded, he's in Mount Pleasant, DC, and people walk in and buy steaks. He cuts them. He's having a he's having a great time. He's enjoying it. And I'm selling these steaks online. I'm also I've got some commercial accounts that buy steaks. You know, you talk about tabletop, you have the plate. Now now I have the steak that goes on it. So there you go. what's uh what's the website people can go and check out these steaks? 
the e-commerce site is savagestakestoday.com. Savagestakestoday.com. That's it. Okay, man. Can I get my grill brush there too? <laughs> you can get, no, you have to go to a different website for the grill oh, brush. How many, how many websites do you have? <laughs> as many as I can have, man. You there know? You go. I don't <laughs> think there's a limit. No. It's like, like I said, you need to have a lot of TV shows, a lot of shows. Okay, give us the grill, because we haven't even touched on this uh, on the brushes and the Texas grill brushes that you do. Those are phenomenal, too. Where can people find out about Texas grill brushes? You can look up texasbrush.com. Okay, and, we, and what will they find there? They'll find a whole variety of, of primarily commercial grill brushes designed for restaurants. They're, we do sell to consumers. You can also find them on Amazon. I have a master distribution agreement with Franklin Machine Products. So you can buy the Texas brush through FMP. Okay. If you're a dealer, yeah, um, I do see it occasionally on people's websites. But uh, it's a product that I've been making since 1997. So it's just kind of a fun side hustle. Yeah, I enjoy it. Consumers want to buy that professional, that professional quality too, though, don't they? Yeah, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Sometimes the price point's a little little difficult. If you go to Amazon, everything's nineteen ninety nine. But again, you have to convey a message. I've I've been able to tap into all the barbecue enthusiasts, like in Texas. Yeah. I sent a handful of brushes out to people that are really big into that community. That's the other beauty of of social media. You can send stuff to make the investment of sending one thing to a customer who has a lot of trust already and following and they will transfer that trust for your product to all their followers. And all of a sudden you'll get it. You know, that, that leads to opportunities. We need to get you back on and talk about the Bill Flannery brand and then all the sub brands that come out uh, that, that seep out from the Bill Flannery brand. Yeah. It's not, not for everyone. <laughs> Well, but no, I know, but I think it's interesting because the products that you sell must be consistent with who you are as a person too, or else the, the bond of trust is not as strong anymore all of a sudden. If you were selling very inexpensive, cheap stuff that ended up being a very transactional kind of thing, that bond of trust that you're building up with your customer base wouldn't be as strong. Yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, it doesn't work for me. There's certain products that I just can't, that I, it, it's hard to get behind. Well, this has been fascinating. Uh, we've taken up a lot of your Monday here, Bill, and, and I really appreciate your time. And, and by the way, again, happy birthday. If anybody hears this tonight, uh, was listening out there, make sure you wish Bill a happy birthday. Bill, you're doing so many things now. I was going to ask you what your dream situation is going to be for the future. Where do you see uh, the Bill Flannery machine going, marketing machine going? But it, But it sounds like it's going everywhere. Yeah, I, I pretty much, I, I take it day by day. You know, I enjoy working with the the different stakeholders. You know, I, I enjoy working with the Bowsher and I, there's a lot of people I enjoy working with because I learn different things from them. I had been self-employed prior to this. Now I'm self-employed again. I don't mind that. So I think I'm looking forward to continuing to build something here in the DC market. You know, as you know, steaks, brushes, plates. I, I think it's been a fascinating conversation. Again, Bill Flannery, Mr. DC Plate King, but certainly a master of lots of other things as well. If people want to find out more about the Bill Flannery machine, what's the best way to get in touch with you? LinkedIn? 
I think LinkedIn's a great place. I mean, I'm on Instagram. My phone number is on the stake page. I mean, I'm not hard to get a hold of, which is on purpose. Bill's maybe one of the easiest people that you'll run into the, to get a hold of. But for people who don't know you and have never, uh, maybe aren't connected with you on LinkedIn, Bill Flannery, my f- friends, is one of the easiest guys that you'll ever meet, one of the most knowledgeable, and also, if I can say it, one of the most passionate guys that I know about this industry. So that, And that's always a pleasure to uh, spend time with people that are passionate about the food service and the hospitality industry and passionate about their customer base. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you got to be passionate especially when the money's not there. You can't be driven by the, by the, the cash rewards. You have to be driven by the, the just pure enjoyment of doing what you do. That's the key. Well, I've enjoyed today, and I'm sure our listeners have too. Bill, it's been great. Thanks for your time on a Monday. Happy birthday again. And we'll circle back around and we'll have another conversation down the road about branding and about the Bill Flannery machine. and what. Just to get an update, maybe that would be great because it sounds like things are happening all the time with you. So we'll, we'll look forward to uh, catching up with you down the road and see what's in the future. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.